0: This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Bombas. Bombas makes socks that are comfortable and look great for every occasion with a wide variety of options. To get 20% off your first purchase, visit bombas.com slash no meat.
1: Hi, this is Hope.
0: This is Kareem.
1: Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. So Matt, how's your backswing?
0: <laughs> my backswing's pretty good, Doug. It's the uh, it's the striking of the ball that's the problem. Oh, the downswing.
1: The downswing.
0: Yes. Do you think that's true? Do you act- <laughs> or do you get thrown off on the backswing? Right. No. Something is wrong with my swing. It's not uh, not a replicable, uh, consistent swing. Mm. Like like is sort of the goal I think for a golfer. Uh, because I I hit pretty well in the range leading up to this event that I went to last weekend and even had a great day, got myself into a tie for 3rd and then uh just totally blew up on the last day. Oh no. Yes, shot a and, and my partner was just as bad. Like we we shot a historic bad round <laughs> on the last day. It was really bad.
1: So, all right. So, for people who don't know, you're coming off of a weekend-long golf tournament mm-hmm. with your friends.
0: 3-day weekend golf thing. Golf event, golf outing,
1: and each is easy. Is each round like partnered? How does how does it work?
0: Yeah, you're on a team of four, and you're almost all the time with one of your guys from your team. Um, You're kind of competing individually, but then all the sum of the individual scores make up your team score. Hmm. And there's all kinds of wacky rules and fun thing. I mean, it's you know it's real golf, but there's there's all different things. Like in the in the night, this used to be a lot more, but now there's still like uh cornhole poker and uh what's that frisbee game doug you would know this Can jam yeah uh and you can actually get points for those that count in the golf thing ah which i don't like i wish that wish that shit it was not part <laughs> of it uh but anyway so it's just it's all kinds of stuff but uh fun time do it every year love it good chance to see friends same but. course every year yeah it's on a combination of courses and they sometimes switch the combination up a little bit, but it's the same, same three courses that it kind of is made up of. Okay. So you are switching day to day. You're switching to new courses. Yes.
1: That's cool. That sounds like fun. I don't, you know, I've never done a
0: big golf trip like that. You need to organize a disc golf one. Oh, I would love it. And then at night when you're drinking beers, you can play a can jam with hitting golf balls into them.
1: (laughs) Just mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that idea. Yes.
0: Anyway, it was fun. Uh, Guess how many Impossible Whoppers I've had.
1: Two. Three.
0: Three Impossible Whoppers? <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Wow. <laughs> In the last week. Wow. And this is after uh, last week. You were saying
0: you were a little tired of... Well, I, I, I yeah. I was tired of burgers. Mm-hmm. And then I was exactly the example of what I said is the problem with these vegan baked meat. I said they are going to be healthy vegans who start saying, well, Burger King sounds pretty nice for lunch or dinner right now because I don't have to uh-huh. make anything and I can... For the first time in fifteen years, go get a fast food meal and only pay—I don't know, eight bucks or whatever it is. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, I had one on the way there, one on the way back. Part of, did the whole value meal bit, all that, and that was fun. Probably and then,
1: like with the fries and the soft drink, yeah, okay, which is
0: fun because I that I missed that part. Right, uh-huh. like, you can you can get a Subway sub on the road or a Chipotle burrito, but like to get the just that horrible junk meal it's just fun <laughs> how did you i gotta i gotta ask like how did you feel after that i actually felt surprisingly good for the, about huh. the first three minutes after eating that food i felt kind of gross like i remembered how i used to feel mm-hmm. uh but then didn't anymore and I, I attributed that to the plant-based burger digesting faster than the, <laughs> than the meat burger i don't know if that's true but not digesting but you know moving along in the system yeah um so anyway did that and then got home and my wife had been busy here with the kids, getting ready for school and all that. So, you know, there, she hadn't really planned any dinners or anything for the week, which I didn't expect her to, obviously. Um, but we had soccer practice late, the very first night, soccer practice, gymnastics. And uh, we were like, well, what do you want to do? And then he said, I said, we well, can go to Burger King. <laughs> support the support the cause, because it's it's not... Uh, I noticed the big... The, I mean, it's advertised really prominently in the in the windows, uh, the... You know, face out of the restaurant, and even on the menu, like it's the main center attraction. Hmm. Is this big lit up ad for the Impossible Burger? And it says like one hundred percent, one hundred percent Whopper, zero percent beef, or something like that. Um, which is cool. And and the two times I actually went into the restaurant to get it, um, the person behind me was getting it. No which, way, which I was amazed by. And in fact, this one in Asheville it was in Swananoa, and that Burger game I went to. Um, the person behind me. Said, "Hey, what is that?" Because he he asked the people what it was because the big, big, big ad right in front of you when you're ordering, and they said it's the vegan thing. And he said, "Oh, I'm going to try that." And so no way, yeah. Really? And then and then the person behind him came in, and said, "What's this impossible thing?" And he told her, and he's like, "I'm getting one." And I don't know if if she did, but I mean, I was just floored that that that's much crazy. That, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, it really is. And that that actually just made me look at it, the whole thing in a new light. Like we talked wow. about that in our conversation uh-huh. last week about how that was a positive, that it was going to get people to try this thing. But I had no... I mean, this could have been just a fluke, but I don't... You know, two for two, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was a fluke. Um,
1: <laughs> Maybe listeners were, like, following you around and being like... <laughs> Good kinda, No, no, just kidding. No,
0: that's, that is awesome. That is, like, so cool. Yeah. But anyway, the big signs do say limited time only. What? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think that commits them to having it be limited but i think i think they always put that maybe f- for liability reasons i don't know um I no mean, it's just it's fine print and it just says limited time offer or something and i guess that huh. just that just kind of keeps keeps open the possibility that they won't have it um, oh i didn't
1: realize that i thought it was like a
0: i did sure too thing i did too and maybe well, I don't know. No, I was thinking that that, that was maybe left over from the, when it was a trial, but I don't think it was a trial in all the restaurants. It was just, no. it was just a few places. Yeah, well, so I don't know. I, I just can't imagine it's going to go away, seeing how what I saw and how much conversation there is about it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, did that, but now I don't really want another one. I'm, I'm good for a while.
1: Well, I still
0: haven't had a chance to get one. I keep. Oh my gosh! You supposed to go support the movement. You were going to do that. I know. I know. I've been.
1: I like. At first, I was going to do it on the day it came out, and Mm -hmm. then, and then I was like, for sure, I'm going to do it this week. But the problem is, like, (laughs) there's just never been a you know, there's never been a time when I'm like, okay, I really need something quick and easy you know i haven't been able to justify it it would have been like okay we're for dinner we're having burger king tonight and you know we would have like set out to go get burger king (laughs) (laughs) that's almost
0: what we did it it wasn't quite that it wasn't like we left our home to go get it
1: but yeah so i don't know maybe we're going to rochester this weekend so maybe uh it'll be a travel day you know so yeah
0: that's Mm -hmm. that's time to do it is it in like (laughs) airport locations and stuff like all I
1: i mean it's supposed to i mean i don't know But it's supposed to be nationwide hmm How's the, uh, so, um, I'll be honest, I just can't imagine that the Swananoa Noah Burger King is all that nice, <laughs> which is part of the reason why I haven't gone out there, because so that's the closest Burger King to me.
0: It actually was, was like any other. Okay. It was right, completely good. empty as far as people sitting down eating dinner, which is odd, because it was like, I don't know, 6.30 or something. Uh, <laughs> I would think that'd be part of that. But maybe people don't do that. Maybe people mostly just drive through fast food, food restaurants. I mean, I usually do. I don't know. Like I haven't gone with the family to a fast food restaurant.
1: Yeah, that's probably going out of for dinner. out of fashion. It used to be, you know, you go take the kids and let them play in the right the ball pit and everything,
0: bacteria pit.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> E. coli pit.
0: Um, I uh, yeah, I used to love going to fast food restaurants. I know it's, a, it's a, it was a fun thing. I remember, I remember, like I had a friend whose family it was like a weekly thing. They went every whatever Sunday or some some night. And they loved it, and I thought that seems kind of nice mm-hmm. before I understood anything. And now I think that'd be a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. But uh, once a month, maybe.
1: Okay. Enough about the impossible whopper. But that actually, this uh, today's topic was somewhat inspired by um, an email we got after last week's episode, hmm. which um, which was which was just giving us some some nice feedback. It was a well thought through email and I appreciate all the response, um, any response like this, but it it was, uh, it was just kind of highlighting the fact that, um, for convenience, that, that really this is, it's a win for the vegan movement for convenience reasons. And a lot of vegans aren't necessarily focused on health primarily. So, you know, this is, it's a, it's a win for the animals, win for the planet. Um, and uh, when for convenience and keeping people in part of the diet, which is, you know, which is what we said last week, too. But, um, you know, we also talked about the health, the challenges with the
0: convenience. Yeah, I've, I've heard that argument before, for sure. I've heard people say, don't worry about the health. It's, it's doing good for animals and people who want to be healthier can choose not to have it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is a, a, a tempting argument to make. I get it. But then, but like I said, there's that that longer term ramification of what happens when studies on people who eat vegan diets show that they're not, by and large, not healthier than the normal population because a lot of them eat all junk food. Not right now, but in you know five years from now, if mm-hmm. that if it's everywhere, then then I wonder about what happens on on large scale. Mm-hmm. So I'm not totally buying that argument, but I, I appreciate it, understand it. Yeah, but I think but I, good
1: I think that you know I think that even if you're primarily driven for animal rights reasons. I'm sure that, you know, when you talk to people and they're like, why are you vegan? You know, animal might be the first thing to come up, but then you're also gonna list health. You're also gonna list the environment. You're gonna, you know, list the talking points that, and all the like big things that the plant-based vegan diet, um, you know, all the benefits. So if you were to then have to remove healthy or if healthy was actually negative, then right, that would, right. you know, that would kind of count. against
0: when, when, for the huge portion of the population, the, the thing that makes them become vegan, and and if, if this movement is to reach a huge part of the population, much larger than it is now, mm-hmm. it, it it seems like the kind of what's in it for me, the, the individual health benefit, uh, is the thing that people are going to be moved by. Right? I mean, I, I don't see us convincing people that animals aren't treated fairly and they should stop eating the food that they like because of animals. I wish they would. That's why I did it. I think that's why you did it. But mm. <laughs> what do you do it for? Health?
1: I mean, now, I, so the, you know, it's one of those, and the environment is what started it all, you know. But then it's one of those things that, like, uh, not that long after I started going vegetarian and vegan, I started getting more and more passionate about animal rights and and uh, and what was happening within the food industry, you know. So it was like one of those things that, like, you learn more about. But mm-hmm. my like gateway in was not was not animals.
0: Okay. So anyway, I, I think I think for most people. I think the, the potential way to reach a lot of people with it is the is the health thing. Like that's what I think will motivate the most people because that's mm-hmm. the one that is centered on most people, not not centered on something outside of the person. Right. Um and so if that if that argument becomes weaker, then I worry about the ability to, to spread this movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Well I don't think we need to hash that out again.
0: No, we definitely don't.
1: Um so what's but, the email?
0: What's the email have to do with today's topic then?
1: Well, so so it was uh, you know it's kind of arguing for the convenience factor, mm-hmm. and so today's today's what I what it made me start thinking about was convenience versus quality, and not so much in the like fast food versus um, you know home cooked. You know I think we can all argue that um, or it's it's pretty clear that home cooked is probably going to be a lot healthier than some of the convenience foods, but it started you know I started thinking more about just. Uh, Convenience in general versus versus quality, um, and even when it comes to healthier, like homemade foods, you know, one thing you and I talk a lot about is getting our kind of go to, ret- or go to kind of meals, and being able to just open up the, the fridge and see what we have, and just kind of throw something together, a stir fry or a pasta or, you know, a salad or or whatever it is, a soup, um, just kind of use what the ingredients we have, throw it together real quick, have our really quick and easy meals. And I think there's a ton of benefit to that, obviously, for um, flexibility and time saving and just the ability to kind of adapt and cook on the fly. But there's also still, you know, I have to wonder if, um, I mean, it would be healthier, right? If I, if I had a more thought out meal that was more well balanced, that was maybe hitting certain macronutrient profiles um, or, you know, something that was just making sure that I was having a lot of variety you know, that I would maybe get from planning out and prepping meals ahead of time. Uh, but, then, but then that's not nearly as convenient, right? And so uh, it got me thinking about that and like where you draw the line or how you kind of balance that, um, the quality, you know, making sure you're getting everything right versus the convenience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think for new vegans especially, I think that's hard because they're really concerned about making sure they're hitting certain nutrient levels or calorie counts or, or whatever, making sure they're getting enough protein. And you know, I think that for new vegans, that's particularly um, something that's on their mind. Um, so how
0: do you, how do you balance that? Well, I think it is interesting because I think I'm glad you said the thing about new vegans because I I really don't think you are healthier by thinking about macronutrient ratios. Like I think that makes you less healthy. I don't, hmm. I just don't think, I think that makes you make food choices that suddenly aren't I mean, I guess you can create whatever macronutrient ratio you want out of whole foods. But to me, it seems like as soon as you start thinking about getting more protein or, you know, getting whatever else you need, um, you know, you start thinking about doing it with supplements or putting in, putting in these fake meats, right? Because that's how you boost the the protein in a plant-based meal without taking protein powder. Right. If you want to boost only the protein, then eat a, eat a seitan burger or a Beyond Burger or whatever. And, and that, and then you're going down this bad road so I mean if you if you really are committed to some sort of macronutrient ratio and you believe that that is the way to not just be healthy maybe maybe you're talking about a fitness goal or something that we're not talking necessarily about long-term health but to eat the proper way for a certain goal and that I can buy that you know balancing your macros could certainly help with that mm-hmm. um, and then the question could be like if the, the easy convenient freezer meal which isn't a traditional freezer meal a, a meal that you've made ahead of time and frozen um you know that might not exactly meet the what you need that day but it's still a pretty easy convenient choice because it's just it's quick um so i don't know i mean i to me it seems like i guess i feel like the big obstacle the big hurdle with a diet like this one that is such a drastic change from what people are used to eating um is is the quitting because it's too hard. Right. More than quitting because I didn't get quite enough protein compared to what I'm trying to get. Um I guess that is a factor, but to me it seems like making it convenient is the thing to do. Um I don't know. I just I can imagine a new vegan like if you if you said you can either have exactly the right meals exactly the best food you can possibly eat but you've got to make it yourself and it's going to take 45 minutes every single day for you to do that and you give another brand new vegan this thing that says we're going to give you an 80 of your macronutrient balance it's going to be off by 20 percent or so in different directions on different days but every meal is already pre-made for you in the freezer and it's made out of you know healthy food it's not just junk freezer food i think the vegan who has all that food in the freezer is going to be the one who stays vegan for a long time because they don't have to work for it
1: yeah i think the problem though is that is you know you're coming from a mindset and we're coming from a mindset of having been vegan for a number of years and it's just so much easier to think like oh well i just don't need to worry about it i know i'm going to be healthy i know that i'll have the energy but you know i think that a lot of people and i and I, i remember this to an extent for myself but you know i was i was watching you very closely and kind of had this came in with a bit more knowledge, probably than a lot of people, um, or just access to experience. But, um, you know, it's it's just being really concerned about making sure they're getting enough of what they need, especially if their parents or their friends are telling them, you know, why aren't you concerned about this? Or, you know, are you gonna, how are you gonna fuel your run? You know, that kind of stuff. They're just really concerned about that stuff. And, and so the result I think is that people are really hard on themselves and, um, and you know, just want to make sure that they're following very strict, very thorough meal plans.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. That people do quit because, even if they don't feel less energy or or don't aren't suffering from lack of protein, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might. It's easy to to worry that that's going to happen, and then maybe even attribute anything that happens to lack of protein. Right. Right. Even if it has nothing to do with that. But then that psychological factor could become, uh, you know, the thing that that unravels it. Which is why I tell people, like, like, yeah, I don't take protein powder. I don't think most people need it. But if you if, if you're new to a diet, uh, and and it's what helps you feel like you're getting enough, so that you can you know feel good when someone tells you you're not getting enough, um, then definitely go for it. Like that that's one of the purposes it it serves pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, I totally buy that. I guess, yeah. So I'm trying to think what's what's the answer then? What's the balance? Like I do feel sometimes that we are not a disservice, but that we are uh, that people will probably roll their eyes, or we're not being as helpful as we could be when we say, you know, you really don't need to think about Mm -hmm. about the nutrition of the food as long as you're eating whole foods and you're kind of mixing them up, or like when we say. You don't even need to eat a normal dinner you can just eat a big salad and <laughs> and a smoothie or whatever fruit you have around just eat that and a handful of nuts and like if that's your dinner often like that's probably healthier than a lot of the the it's definitely healthier than a, than a beyond burger mm-hmm. and a lot of the other choices too so I, but i don't think that's that health helpful for people because i don't think people can are not who, who people who are new to this are not in a place where they can believe right that. yes yep so so then, what what do you do, right? Like, I mean, because you don't want to prescribe somebody that you have to cook for an hour a night, and that's the only way this is going to work for you.
1: Yeah. Uh, right. I mean that that's that's kind of the that's kind of the big question because I, I do think that people roll their eyes sometimes when we say like oh just you know just eat a bunch of whole foods and, and you won't have to worry about it mm-hmm. um, or or get discouraged about it because they just don't feel like they're getting enough or you know they're just not convinced. Um, You know, so I, I mean, I guess like, you know, there's always prepping meals ahead of time. There's always doing the freezer stuff, which I think, I actually, I think is a really good, um, a really good way to do it. And, and I know like if you're feeling, uh, like you don't have any time or, or whatever, but, um, then it's, then it's difficult and, and always doing meal prep, like, you know, saying prep your meals on Sunday for the rest of your week. Like that just, that never happens. At least not in my family. Um, you do it once, and you're, like, all excited about it. And then the next Sunday comes around, and you're like, no way. Yep. I'm going to go to disc the brewery. Off. <laughs> or play disc golf. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but but I do think that if you can double batch when you are cooking, mm-hmm. you know, when you are doing soups, when you are doing, you know, sauces or, or whatever, the things that freeze well, um, if you can double batch, then I think that that really is... Uh, really is helpful to freeze, you know, freeze the, the second batch. Um, and it doesn't take that much more time when you're cooking a little bit, but not that much more time. And then you have it and you have it readily available.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that is the only answer, right? It's like do a lot of cooking because that's key to making a a good diet. Last it's becoming a little less important as, as you know, technology and businesses and things kind of provide good ways to get food delivered or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's still just—I just think it's really helpful to to go through a period where you do a lot of cooking, um, and so do that. But then take the shortcuts where you can, and and like I think it's important to say, like you're what you just said when you make a meal that you have chosen to make that you've that's fitting whatever criteria you're trying to hit as far as this means this equals healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you throw that in the freezer, then that is a you have created now a convenience food that is also healthy that does both of the things you want. Right, so that's a lot different than coming home like you often do and say, "Well, I'm just going to see what vegetables we have in the fridge and what grain we might have, and then throw together some sort of wrap or something based on that." Mm-hmm. And that's a little harder. That that takes, I mean, I guess it takes a little bit of experience and skill to do it and make something that is pretty good, uh, and also to do it and make something that is healthy and something that that you feel like is healthy and you're confident that that's a healthy meal and you're fine with that. Um, that's a little bit more of, a little bit more of an art, I guess, to, to learn that. Uh, but the, the double batching of things is, is a great idea. Um, it doesn't have to be freezer either. If you're, if you can just, if you're one of those people who can eat the same thing for two or three days in a row, uh, and, and as long as that's fitting your rules of this is healthy, which I think, I think it is, I don't think you need to vary your food that drastically all the time. Um, then, then there's another way. You don't have to freeze it. You can just eat it for leftovers for two meals in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's lots of things you can also, you can, what I have done in different phases is like find whenever I find a meal that, that is meets the criteria that I want it to, which is usually cheap, fairly quick to pick up and make, pick up, meaning run into the grocery store if we had to, and we don't have a dinner plan, go grab the four ingredients you need for this, um, healthy, and the kids will eat it. If we have, if we find those meals, I write those down and then make sure that we can make that meal again and again and again. Yeah. Because that's it. Just saves us so much effort and time when we when we have those. Um, So like that's another way to. Do it. If you're not gonna, if you're just not someone who's gonna ever freeze things, maybe you have maybe you have a, ten meals that you eat fairly often. Maybe not every week, but but you know every two weeks you're probably eating these same handful of meals. And again, I don't think that's like. Uh, people, I think the thing about variety in diet is a little bit overblown. If you look in these Blue Zones cultures, there's not a huge ton of variety in what they eat. It's kind of the same things, the same staples. Um, I, I think having some mix is a good thing, and knowing for sure that the mix you're, the, the handful of foods you are choosing, um, are meeting all of your needs, that's important. Uh, but I think I think more important than that is is something that is repeatable and and becomes a habit. So. Right uh yeah so i mean yeah i think there are there's a there are different ways to find that balance yeah i think you're
1: right i think and and the important thing is that you just figure out what what works for you and and hopefully if, you know it's not just 100 percent convenience and you know and if i guess is 100 percent quality then uh hats off to you i guess if you have the time to do that but um mm-hmm. you know but but finding that blend that, that works for you and your family um right. all right so i want to take this theme past nutrition and uh and explore fitness and hobbies and things like that um but first why don't we take a second to thank our new sponsor
0: okay let's do that this episode of no meat athlete radio is brought to you by Bombust and their comfortable socks doug how often do you think about socks
1: i'll be honest matt not very often <laughs> just when i'm looking for them <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, if, or if something's going wrong with them too yeah that's true. That's, that's true you often think about them then if you're getting blisters. Yeah. well now you have reason to think about socks bombas is changing the game with comfortable socks made from super soft natural cotton every pair comes with arch support a seamless toe and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick and the pairs that I have, Doug, are uh, the kinds, all of them are the left and right, where you have to know which socks are <laughs> yeah. on which foot, which I love. I, it feels like, I, mean, I don't know if that really matters, but it, it it certainly feels like it matters, and I like that. Yeah, there you go. With a variety of styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, or on the town. And for every Bombas purchase you make, they'll donate a pair to someone in need. So I actually wore, uh, I wore some of the Bombas the higher, the highest socks that you gave me. You gave me a three-pack from them. Um, like an ankle height, a medium height, and a and a higher that goes like halfway up your calf. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I wore I made a fashion statement at golf and wore those one time. I was on the black team and I had these black socks. So oh, there you uh, go. And, and they were they were wicking and all that and performance. So it worked worked out quite well. And vegan, the ones we got were vegan. They do have some that that are made from that have some wool in them, I guess. But uh, plenty of of vegan cotton ones.
1: That's right. I've been uh, I've been using the the full the high ones as well. That's like I I've been just trending when, when i'm running especially trail running i'm trending more to, towards the higher side it's a
0: cool look right it's like a, it's a skater yeah. look it's a, it's it's like a young <laughs> it you is a cool it's a Virginia it's like, beach look
1: i would say california look but kind okay. you know? of <laughs> but the surfer look sure maybe and uh, but also practical you know like when you're on the trail like it's, uh you know it's like protecting against little twigs and stuff that cut your right. ankles and uh, and ticks and poison ivy all that good stuff so I'm, I'm trending towards the higher higher stock and uh these have been great i've been like actually pulling them out of the uh you know out of the dryer before i have time
0: to fold them to wear them i've just been mm-hmm. cycling through them
1: as quickly as i yeah. can
0: agreed i like them to get 20 percent off your first purchase go to bombas.com slash no meat that's b-o-m-b-a-s.com slash no meat and you'll get 20 off your first purchase of bombas
1: all right. Thanks, Bombas, for the new partnership. Um, all right. So back to quality versus convenience. Um, you're you're a, a Tim Ferriss guy, right? Um, you, I mean, I,
0: I, I've learned a lot from Tim Ferriss. I eventually tired of Tim Ferriss, but uh, I, I, did, I found him helpful for a while.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that uh, there's at least one point in your life where you were doing his uh, like five hour or five minute gym or whatever it was called.
0: Yeah. I, I actually do love that's. I mean, I don't know. Four hour work week is good, but I think that uh, there's some, there's some really great parts to that four hour body book.
1: Four hour body. Okay. Yeah. And the whole premise there is that, uh, you know, you go into the gym and like your workout is only five or 10 minutes long, right?
0: I mean, it, it like, so the book, that, that book is like, I don't know, 20 or 30 chapters long, and each one of them is its own little thing, its own workout. Fact, you, there, there could be a plan in there that is long, that takes oh, okay. a lot of work. But it, it's just how to like, it's, it's a bunch of hacks, basically. This one is about how do you put on mass uh, with with minimal effort, rather than being a three-hour gym person. Mm-hmm. How do you do the minimum? And and it turns out to be really effective, because when you're putting on weight, especially if you're like a hard gainer, uh, who someone who has trouble putting on weight, the more time you spend in the gym burning calories, you're kind of... You hmm. reach a point of counter productivity. So anyway, this is, I mean, it's, you're in the gym for 15, 20 minutes, but your actual time that you're lifting something is extremely short, like five minutes or less. So, I mean, would
1: you say that that, I mean, his whole his whole kind of thing is like hack it to where you can get almost as much as if you were to give it a hundred percent.
0: Right. It's 80, 20, right? You, right. Get, you get most mm-hmm. of the effort or most of the results from that, that, First bit of effort, and then after that, a lot of it is for just for incremental improvements. Uh-huh. So I mean, it kind of kind of falls in the convenience category, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. And, and and Rich Roll has, in the very early days, wrote some good post about. I forget what it was. It was it was about investing in, in the journey. Stop, life, yeah, yeah. investing in the journey, and like, yeah, that's right. Like you can you can go around hacking all these different activities and be someone who's who's eighty percent good and eighty percent into. A lot of different sports, but like, is that is that as fulfilling as being the person who has like a craft and who who, you know, has this practice and it's it's hours of focus and effort and you you're doing anything you can for that additional one percent gain in in your ability to do it. Uh, that's that's very different. So I would say yeah, would say that's that's convenience versus quality.
1: So as a well, so I mean, so like running related as as this kind of fits into the running. World, which is my world versus and not the gym world. Um, although I forgot to tell you, I've been swimming regularly. Oh, yeah? yeah, been doing
0: at the Black Mountain Pool
1: at the Black Mountain at uh well at the Y here in Black Mountain.
0: Oh, okay, good.
1: Um, yeah, getting back into that and it feels really really good. Nice. Um. Uh. But you know, like with running, I I I feel really strongly that if a runner can have a couple of workouts that are just super short that you can knock out when you are when you feel like you're just out of time and the options are to not run or to do a workout um or you know do do something really short um that those kind of really quick and easy workouts Mm -hmm. go a really long way in in a runner's ability to kind of adapt adapt to whatever restraints that they have um, Mm -hmm. constraints that they have uh, with their schedule and, and, and their ability to be successful. So I, I think that those are super important workouts to have. And mine is just kind of a go-to hill workout where I'm doing, you know, maybe a 10th of a mile or or a little bit higher on a hill and and just, uh, just basically hammer out as much as I can, um, with some recovery on the downs, but you know, that, that workout maybe will take 20 minutes and it is not nearly as good as going out for six miles and, Doing you know some sort of tempo or progression or something like that, like it, it's not nearly as good of a workout as I could get if I had more time. But I just I feel strongly that having those workouts and being able to do those is really important. The problem is when you start doing them all the time, or at least right. maybe it's not a problem. You know but for me, if, if I was if I'm trying to train for a marathon or trying to train for an ultra and, um, and I just kind of keep falling back on these quick workouts because they're quick and easy, or maybe not easy but quick. And I can just get them done. Um, then, you know, then that that becomes an issue, and that's so easy to do. I mean, just like with anything that's convenient, um, it's just really easy to always be like, "Well, I don't have all that much time, or I, you know, I want to go visit some friends, or I want to go hang out with the family. So I'm just going to do this really quick." And then by you know after a week, you realize you've done that like four times and haven't really right. logged any any serious miles. Um, and so that, that like, it, I think that, you know, just with anything, you have to kind of find the balance that works for you. But my, when it comes to fitness, my thoughts are, you know, lean towards the quality, you know, have set yourself up for success with the ideal situation, um, and then trickle in the more, the quick workouts, the kind of easy things, the easy options, uh, as, as needed, but always fall back on the, the training plan or the quality.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good model. Is that if you have, if you you know, when I don't think it's necessarily when it comes to fitness. Um, I think more it comes to like when it comes to the thing that is your thing that you're like committed mm. to mastery of whatever that means for you. Um, then yeah, like those things certainly still play a role because they are what keep you making checks on your calendar instead of having empty days, and and empty days are dangerous, at least for me and a lot of people. If you get you put together two or three empty days when you didn't do anything, it's really easy to make that two weeks with you don't you don't do anything and and more potentially, right? And so if you can fill it in with something that is barely a run but still but still counts and and I mean what you're saying really in fairness is is not barely a run it's something that a lot of people would would consider their hardest workout of the week sure to go to mm-hmm. go hammer hills for a while, um. So I think that's I think that is. I mean, I think your your use of that is perfect, and I think it's good that you realize that that wouldn't be a good thing to do all the time if you're committed to becoming the best runner you can. Um, but like from my perspective, I have a similar thing, which is a 20 to 25 minute thing of doing 30 seconds of sprint and then a minute and 30 of relax and get your heart rate back down, and then do it again with five minutes on either side of uh, of just warm up, cool down. So. Mm-hmm. That but that's the only running I do now, and I do a couple times a week, and it makes me feel like I'm fit again, like I'm actually mm. an athlete and I'm in shape for these soccer games on Sundays, and but that's all I do because I don't I, I wouldn't want to do any more than that if I had to do more than that and when I when I do start telling myself I need to do more than that I need to do long runs and do, then I don't run at all then it just falls apart, so um, but I'm not I'm not committed to to mastery of running anymore that's just right. not my thing now so that. Served me perfectly fine. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, but I think that's good. Um, I, what I wonder is, like, it seems that there are a lot of things nowadays, and we we are guilty of this in saying you can have it all. You can have the convenient thing. It turns out that that actually is the one that's best, right? And so we said, <laughs> just just eat whole foods if you're if you're kind of comfortable with that, and you can you can take the leap of faith. It says if I just throw together stuff. Eat salads, eat fruit, eat nuts, whatever I have around. Don't worry about square meals. Then you're getting that convenience factor. I mean, once you're used, to, once you know how to make that convenient, because even that might be not convenient if you're brand new. But um, you can get convenience and health. And, I, and I'm arguing that that's the healthiest way you can eat. Um, but so what I would say is like, and maybe maybe this is a, a reason to question what we're saying. But like. I would say to kind of beware when someone says you can have both of those things Mm -hmm. because like I think of like the CrossFit endurance thing. And I'm not, (laughs) you know, I don't know what their track record is. Maybe CrossFit endurance is, is great. And maybe they produce a lot of good endurance athletes. But I remember trying that where it was like, don't do any long runs. You don't have to do them. All you need to do is, you know, uh, heart, you know, workouts, interval workouts, things up to about half mile of, of, um, work sets. And, that's that's it. And then may, maybe you'll get a couple longer runs in there, but it's not that much. And apparently CrossFitter – this was from that Tim Ferriss book, by the way. Um, they, the claim was that many of the CrossFit 100-mile athletes, their longest run in preparation for that would be about a half-marathon distance. And this isn't to say it doesn't work, but I tried it for three months and just had an awful 50K, like the worst I ever had. I don't know how long it took, but it was, it was 20 miles in. I was just walking, and it was just a big walk after that. Hmm. Um, I didn't realize you did that. Yeah, and I wrote a blog post about it. I, it. The thing is, why why I say it's not fair to say that that means it doesn't work is because I I wasn't being coached by them, and I wasn't that consistent. And partly for me, it became like it just became this thing like, wow, I don't have to do those long runs. Like it just was an an excuse not to take it as seriously. Right. And so, who knows how how effectively I was, or, or closely I was actually doing what you're supposed to do. Um, well, I
1: mean, I think that that's, that's the slippery slope though with, with any of this stuff, even with the whole foods or, or, um, you know, but certainly with fitness and and hobbies, is it just kind of like the, as soon as you start saying, well, it's just as good to the convenience, the convenient one is just as good. Um, you know, while it might be really good and it might be a lot better than not doing anything, um it's still probably not as good as if you dedicated yourself to, like you said, mastering the craft. Right.
0: But what I was going to ask was, is it possible that this hill workout that you do that you say is not nearly as good as going and doing a progression workout or Mm -hmm. uh, whatever other things you listed, um, tempo run, is it possible that someone could argue that it is better than those things because it doesn't wear you down as much, uh, you know, more of a sustainable thing that someone could, could keep doing without, you know, with less risk of injury potentially, Uh, way better than doing just single speed, you know, junk miles. Um, You know, you can definitely envision someone writing a running book and saying, here's the solution to running. You don't have to do all those boring miles. All you have to do is this great workout, and it turns out it saves your legs too and does all these other things. So I wonder, like, I guess it goes back to what what we just said, that, like, better is defined differently for different people. For someone like you who's trying to be the best ultra runner you can – it's probably pretty safe to say that 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 hill workout is not the best thing to mm-hmm. do if that's your only only workout. Um, well, and yeah, I, c- I and so I could if it. I had
1: an hour and a half, I would design a much more intense hill workout, right? That you know that would right. probably make me a lot stronger. But you know, of course, there would be some downsides. I might take longer to recover and
0: etc. Right. etc. Right? But like mm-hmm. the Tim Ferriss thing, like like the uh, the gym thing, like that that's the most effective putting on weight workout I've ever done in a good mm-hmm. way. Like putting on weight being the goal of your workout. Like I did that in college and had some pretty hard workouts where it would be an hour and 15 hour and a half in the gym really hard completely exhausted afterwards um and, and it, it would just be you know it would be that that would be the event of the day this gym thing the whole day would be geared on that. this tim Ferriss other thing uh where it's where you just kind of cruise into the gym and then you're barely there and then you're done that was actually working better and like so that that felt like best of both worlds i guess though to go back to the same point or, or just use this example to make the point we just did, I wasn't trying to be a competitive bodybuilder, right And someone who really wants to be good at that, sculpt everything, you know, create balance in their body, all the things that I, I would imagine professional bodybuilders do, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to win those tournaments with or competitions by doing going at 15 minutes per week in the gym, like I was. Yeah. So it, I guess it just, again, depends on the goals. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, so <laughs> 45 minutes in, I don't know if we really reached any conclusions here. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, a boring conclusion to reach, I guess, the idea that a balance is what's required. Um, yeah. But this this reminds me of those discussions we had maybe six months ago when I was, uh, probably a year ago, when I was reading that book called Flow by the original Flow Research guy, Um and and there was that that contrast between pleasure, like doing things that require no effort, and they just feel good. They're just in the moment. You, I mean, you know, drinking a couple of beers would be a pleasure activity. Watching a sitcom on TV, something completely mindless, mm-hmm. uh, probably doing some social some some social media activities, just total pleasure. They don't do anything for you in the long term. They just feel good in the moment. Uh, versus the word I always forget, which I think is enjoyment. Uh, which are the activities that you actually do and you invest in, and and they they're not that fun in the moment, but they can become fun in the moment because of what they're doing for you in the long term. Right. That that reminds me a little bit of of convenient versus healthy, and the convenient behaviors are the ones that are you know you just do, uh, and sometimes you need those. Sometimes you need you can't be playing chess yeah. all the time or playing guitar all the time. You need just to have the couple beers or the couple kombuchas or whatever you drink if you don't drink alcohol. Um, but I think. So I, I, it it reminds me of that. And I don't know maybe maybe for another episode one day we'll explore how those relate or maybe not. But uh <laughs> but I do think it I, it's interesting to me that, that there's that parallel.
1: Yeah. I think I think there is yeah, it, the the kind of the dabbling, especially you know in, in all of our discussions on hobbies about like kind of dabbling versus going all in on a hobby. Yep. Um I think there's a lot of parallel to that and uh it's just uh, so that email just kind of got me thinking about all that and and wanted to hear your thoughts. Um, I'm glad we had this discussion even if it didn't pull together any any concrete. Yes. Um, hey,
0: speaking of uh, someone emailing a topic idea, we need to we need more ideas. So yes, we can put together some sort of survey and we probably should uh, next week. we'll just do that and maybe we'll give people a ways to go. In the meantime, though, if you want to tweet us uh, at no meat Athlete, uh or email us, which is what support at nome athlete.com, probably the best place to do that. Yep. Um, just podcast ideas for topics that you would like to hear us address. Uh, we would love to hear them, and there's a good chance we will do a lot of them because we're we're out.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're constantly having to. And we've scratch. been out for
0: we've been out for five years, right? Every just, <laughs> just something comes up on we say, what are we going to do tomorrow for our podcast? And then we think of something, and then we do it. Yeah, um, which I don't expect to change honestly, but anyway, ideas help. So send them in, and uh, definitely we'll we'll put it. We'll do this in a more formal fashion soon. But if you want to be if you want to jump the gun, then uh, send those in for us.
1: Ah, yeah, I'd and by the way. That
0: and leave us a review and rating please on iTunes it's it, if you like the show I, you know we run ads of course but uh hopefully we we provide a lot more value than uh than we get from those those ad things and if so if you like the show and if it has helped you and all that then would really really appreciate it if you'd go leave us a review and rating they are extremely important for podcasts and we don't really ask for them enough
1: absolutely but we do
0: talk about the one star ones a lot and that's fun <laughs> yeah.
1: um and uh and i got i got a instagram message that people or from one person that well, this one person really liked the what matt miss segment so oh, yeah? I think Sounds we'll, like we'll bring bring back those uh keep those games up yeah we should, we, we, we can't do that one to. every week I don't, I don't think you missed that much but um god i missed everything <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah no Nothing. I think more games. I think more games games are the way to go if you have any idea games you can share those to you <laughs> okay. all right yeah, thanks everybody all right thanks, thanks for matt. listening bye to you later. bye to there bye